Well, it's been a couple weeks, but the Monday Morons are back once again. We got to stop well, doing this. It's it's the fall now, and we don't really have much else going on, I guess now. So we could probably do one every day if you really wanted to now. Well, we we probably could, but we're struggling right now just to get. One yeah, let, let's let's try to get back to our apparently over over uh, enthusiastic <laughs> effort of doing once a week. Let's see if we can kind of staple that down first, and maybe maybe we can do that for a couple weeks in a row. Yeah, back to a regular schedule. Not that we ever set a schedule, but. Well, we have an idea what regular is supposed well, to be. We just there's all this pressure when you put morning and Monday either. into a title. You know, it's when you don't do it on a Monday, it just feels wrong after and that. And we're both pretty good at procrastinating, so why would we actually, you know, want to do anything when we had the time? I just to like do to it? say I was really busy. Not that I was. I was lazy out of town this weekend, so I, that's like the best excuse I've uh, had so Thunder far. Bay doesn't. Th- th- Thunder Bay doesn't football. count. Yes, you physically left, no, but most but people would, will. Why? I guess you could have. <laughs> I could have recorded on the plane. I don't know with. What internet connection, but you know, I could have just recorded my own conversation and made you fit the rest in. That wouldn't be the first time you've talked to yourself. It wouldn't be yourself. the first time that I talked to myself. Normally it's a pretty good conversation because I agree with myself a lot. Well, see, on the other way, I usually <laughs> disagree with myself. I can't get I can't get a story straight with myself, so you know. Yeah, well, you have multiple personalities, so they kind of come out in conversation yeah. sometimes. Nobody ever wins. Speaking of things that happen now with regular regularity, this one... I, it hasn't been talked yet so far this year because Calgary is the only team that's gotten a playoff spot. But this will be the third year in a row that a team from the West has crossed over. There's no way that it doesn't happen in my mind. BC is the worst in the West right now with seven and six, and you got two teams sitting in the East with three wins. Really, it's what? One more win for BC and they're they're getting the crossover. So that makes three years because last year Saskatchewan got through. The year before that, it was Edmonton, both of them making it to the East final. Well, I'd like to correct you and just say if BC's in last place that they still don't make the playoffs. Doesn't matter if they have a better record to cross over or not. You think they're not going to make the playoffs? BC in fifth place in the West? No. Yeah. The fourth place team in the West crosses over. Not the fifth place team. If BC's fifth in the West, they ain't going anywhere. They're sitting at home just like the... <laughs> yeah. 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 I see where my error in my ways is. I just didn't want to admit it at that moment. But... Let's not count them out of the race yet. Edmonton and Winnipeg are at 7-7. Seven and seven. Either one of those teams can cross that's over. That's true. Especially seeing how Winnipeg and Edmonton still play each other. Last game year. of the year. Setting up to be a doozy. I think that's the only hopefully, sell job TSN had during Winnipeg the... does what they just did. When it was 30-3 to three in the fourth quarter, that was the only sell job they had about those two teams was just wait to the last <laughs> game of the year. It's going to be a real doozy. So, I... Most TSN's is. pretty, you know, vague and... Irrelevant what team crosses over. Let's just say my pick is now... BC to cross over Winnipeg to finish third and Edmonton to miss the playoffs because why not? Saskatchewan could also miss two. I think that'd make everybody but Saskatchewan happy. Pretty much, yeah. Back to where we were. (laughs) Saskatchewan gets the East Final, almost takes out Toronto in the Eastern Final last year. Edmonton the year before kind of gets beat up by Ottawa. Now, of course, Toronto and Ottawa we know went on to win the Great Cup, which is fantastic. Take that, But now six times in the last eight years, a team will cross over. Because in 2014 it happened, in 2012 it happened. This is happening with a lot more regularity, and honestly, it's time to get rid of the crossover. Because what's the point of having it if the East can't compete anyway? I don't like having a crossover when you have two divisions and they're unbalanced. Right then and there, you've already created an imbalance in the league, and now you've created a more difficult path for five of your teams right off the hop. And... I don't necessarily agree what with that. What I don't that. like about it 
What I don't like about it is, you know, you just correct me in saying that BC wouldn't make it because they're the fifth place team. You're still going to be the fifth place team with two teams in the league underneath you that aren't in the playoffs, don't deserve to be in the playoffs, but why don't you have that opportunity to be there too? Because mm-hmm. it, it, it's fathomable again to think, and this has almost come to fruition in the past, where that fourth place team might be better than the second place team in the East, where the fifth place team in the West might be better than the second place team in the East. Cause it's not like they're running away with that division either between uh, Hamilton. and. Well, you look at like last year, for example, when the crossover happened, you know, not only did it not look good from the league standpoint with the riders crossing over to the East. And it was so apparent two thirds of the way through the year that there was going to be a team crossing over. It's just a matter of which one. And then you got a team like Winnipeg, who was in second in the West, was playing really well, and now had to host a playoff game against the third best team in the league. So now you got teams two, teams three, and if you were to rank them from one to nine, playing each other in the first round of the playoffs, and you're getting one of those teams knocked out while you got, you know, like teams five and six playing each other in the first round. I just, I don't think that's, that's fair to certain teams. It's not fair to fan bases. You know, generally speaking, the Western Canada brings in the most money for the league, and then they consistently have the hardest path to success. And I just don't believe that's apparent for long-term success in the league, especially with it being imbalanced. If it was balanced at five teams each, I can live with it. But with only four teams in the East, it just year in, year out, and you talk to people in Western Canada who are CFL fans, it's a consistent frustration over why does this rule still exist. True. Now, you talk about the imbalance. Hopefully, things continue to go well in Halifax. We don't have that imbalance factor anymore. We can be five-on-five in terms of the divisions across the league. But 10 times in 22 years since the crossover was put into place, there's been a crossover. Every time it's been the West. So it's kind of a history of failure on the East to do anything, make a good team, or at least a consistently a series of good teams. And that includes when Winnipeg was in the East too. Why do we not go to a single division system? It's 10 teams. The top two would get the bye. three plays, six, four plays, five. The winner of those games go to the respective playing one and two and just have the semifinals in, in a single bracket. Let's face it. If you're not good enough to make the playoffs, you don't deserve to be there anyway. So if a team can from the East can actually get a spot and they don't get a buy into the, into the divisional finals at this point, too bad for you. Do better in the regular season. Exactly. And and the only thing that's really been changed in this discussion over the past couple of years is the fact that the East representative has won the Great Cup the last two seasons. It was always everybody just laughed that it was like, look, the third-place team or the fourth-place team in the West had a just as good as record as the first-place team in the East. Yet, at the same time, the team that represented the East was an Eastern team, and they went on to beat the best Western team in the Grey Cup. But a counter-argument to that is that's just the joint it's football. a one-game winner-take-all one in, in the final. And when you're letting one team from the East every year essentially get a free ride to host a conference championship to go to the Grey Cup, you're giving them such an advantage over, like where last year was a prime example, Winnipeg had the second-best record in the entire league to me, was the second-best team in the league, ran into a hot team in a one-game winner-take-all against Edmonton in the playoffs. But Winnipeg should have had the bye. They deserved the bye with the season they had. 
and come into the second round of the playoffs with a game to go to the Grey Cup, you know, it's pick your poison at that point. You get who you get, and it's a one-game take-all. But at least then I can't hear an argument to say that that's how it shouldn't be because this whole divisional thing doesn't really mean anything anymore, if you ask me, in the CFL. It doesn't. And, yeah, for Toronto and Ottawa, good job on taking advantage of that bye week, healing up where you needed to heal up, prepping where you needed to prep, getting the win in the Eastern final, and then eventually moving on to beat Calgary in the Grey Cup. They're still going to get the chance to be in the playoffs. You still made the playoffs, because ultimately it's extremely difficult for spot number five in the East, or in the West, sorry, to overtake number two in the East. There's enough teams in the league where it's going to be very difficult for that to happen. It can happen. It's pretty close right now. Both teams in the East right now are only sitting with nine wins. You know, BC, Winnipeg, Edmonton, right on the heels of all jumping over top of that. I don't know if the scenarios played out. I haven't exactly done the math on them all, but to me, the prospect is there that it could happen. Very rare. So these teams would still get an opportunity to play in the playoffs. Now you have to win that week, which ultimately you deserve. But if the league continues to stay with the two-division system and you have even five-on-five, once Halifax has a team, get rid of the crossover. Like, there's two solutions here. The crossover, to me, makes one team happy. That's it. That's all that makes happy. It makes everybody else mad, makes one team happy, and gives them a chance. That being it's a one-game opportunity, Saskatchewan was what? 30 seconds away from being in the great cup last year. I'm not saying that you're putting a bad team in the playoffs, but if you can't win your division, just deal with it. Case in point would be in the NFL a few years back, Seattle getting in with a losing record and they went on to beat the saints in the first round. Hell of a playoff game. If you ask me, but <laughs> I knew you would like that one. Just uh, had a little hint in the back of my brain that you would like me talking about the Seahawks. Oh, back when they were on the rise to be a good team. It's good times back then. Yeah, before they threw the ball at the one-yard line. So Hey, lots of teams do it. Nobody does it when they did it, though. <laughs> Nobody's that stupid. It's a timing Nobody's that thing. stupid. Well, sorry. <laughs> one person and one team's that stupid. What are you going to do? So I, I'll, I'll pose the question then because, frankly, I don't care what happens as long as the crossover goes away. So let's say five, six years now down the road. Halifax has a team where five on five. What would you prefer to see? The current system that we have, where three teams make it on each side and a fourth could cross over, would you like to see no crossover with just three aside, no ifs, ands, or buts about it? Or do we? Do you like the one-division system? I've always been a proponent of the one-division system. I think it provides better balance throughout the league. I think it provides more entertainment from the fans. You know, just looking at the standings this week, you know, could you imagine Calgary all but has first place locked up? But could you imagine the fight for second place and that second bye week? Why don't we even more fun? What's that? Is if only four teams made the playoffs? Why do six out of nine teams have to make the playoffs in ten in the nine team league or a ten no, team CFL's league? CFL's all about revenue, right? So everybody gets that extra extra day to fill <laughs> up their seats. Well, in the West, they fill up their seats. Add a game to the season. Why not? You already have two bye weeks. Yeah, just make the season longer. There you go. <laughs> But no, just think of it. Like, It'd be really, a lot more fun if only four teams really, if you got a week where you're going to the, you know, teams got four or five games. Could you imagine a team starting 0 and 4? That upward battle to even have a chance? I like the fact that six teams get in. I, I like the fact that you're never really out of it. To me, that also provides more reason to have the one division. You still have a chance to get back into it. So much more can happen in a week. But, you know, it's not like you look at the East, you get two, three, and 10. Oh, you're gone. You're three and 10, you're done. 
you know, you're done in this format, you're done in that format. But if you get off to a bad start, you're not completely done. And then that's what I like about the CFL, you know. In the NFL, you go 0-3 to start the year, you're done. You know, you don't have a chance. I would love and I, I think I'd watch the CFL even more if knowing in going into like four or five games left of the year, Week you got, you got Saskatchewan one game up on Ottawa for that bye, that second seed. You know, those teams are going to be gunning for that. And then you That'd got you got Winnipeg and Edmonton right and Hamilton at seven. They're right there. They're two games back, you know, a slip up by the Riders, a slip up by the Red Blacks, and those teams are right there. And, you know, it just provides a little bit more incentive. Where honestly, right now you look at Winnipeg, you look at Edmonton, they're seven and seven. What's the play here? Is it, do I want third place? Do I try hard? Maybe we get second if Saskatchewan falters. Or do I try to get... F- or do I try to get fourth and crossover? Do I think that's a better option? Because they don't got to play Calgary unless it's the Grey Cup. You don't want the crossover. You don't want to be the crossover team. I still like my chance. I still like my chances going into Ottawa or Hamilton and winning over Calgary. Yeah, but see, but now you're playing two weeks on a, on the road in the East. You're away from home. You probably don't come back to travel in between. I'm speaking from a Bombers fan. It's, just, it's a lot less of a friendly environment to I'm do I'm speaking that. from a... I don't think you want to cross over if you're any team in the West. You just accept crossing over because you you want to be in the playoffs and you have a chance to extend your hey, season. Just win, baby. Any way you can get in. Thanks, Al Davis. Well, it doesn't work out well for them, but maybe for one team it will one day. Well, maybe. He didn't trade away Khalil Mack either. So, Although I think he was dead before Khalil Mack showed up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know the timeline on that. It just kind of popped in my head after. <laughs> that trade stinks as much as Al Davis does. I can tell you that much. Ouch. I know. Vicious. Okay, so I've made my predictions. I, I, I've now said it because I you trapped me in my own words, so I'm just going to stick with the prediction. Winnipeg gets third in the West. BC gets fourth, crosses over. Edmonton misses out. What's your prediction for the crossover? My prediction for the crossover. I can take Toronto Montreal right out of it. That's easy. I do think... <laughs> You know what? Honestly, I don't know who wins the East. <laughs> I don't know who wins the East because I'm not one week. I'm not worried about who wins the East. Who crosses over from the West? Who crossed over from the West? Uh, and frankly, oof. out of the out of the East, it's going to be Hamilton. Hamilton will get their. Uh, I, I think BC. I think BC is going to fade away. Uh, no Lule. They're destined for fifth place unless something startling happens. You don't believe in the the whole just make it happen for Wally kind of uh, angle? I'd like to, but Jonathan Jennings gives me no confidence. <laughs> no, nor should he. No. So you're saying Edmonton or BC and five? Who's uh, who's four? Who's three? Based off what I watch lately, I I gotta say Edmonton crosses over. They look just as bad as any other team right now. Five but I out. still like Edmonton to figure it out more than BC. Uh, I, I'll take Mike Riley over Jonathan Jennings to figure it out, and he's got a game in hand, or I should say, a win in hand. I don't disagree with that. It'd be interesting to see how banged up Riley actually is. Because he did not look like a healthy man coming off that field. Well, he took a big hit at the end of the Bomber yeah. game. And Duke Williams got hurt, too, by the looks of it. So that could affect him. Yeah, the hit by the rookie sales. That was you you could, could take all the wide receivers at Edmonton. I'd still take Edmonton with Riley. Best player in the league. That's why he gets paid the most, too. <laughs> he does get paid an awful lot of money. Very good segue into the fact that I wanted to bring up a topic where... I just kind of read an article this week, specifically on Mike Riley, and how the fact that he was unsigned for next year. And I kind of dug a little deeper into it and kind of caught me as a little off guard because I figured a guy like that, that'd be a guy the Eskimos would be trying to lock up for as long as he's willing to play football and they wouldn't play around with it. But as I dug into it, I realized, maybe I should have realized this sooner, but this is the last year of the current CBA in the CFL. And with that being said, anybody who understands money, really hoping 
the salary cap's going to go up. And in theory, I can't imagine the salary cap ever going down. You know, as far as I know, the CFL is generating more revenue now than it was in 2014 when the last one was ratified. TV deals much better now than it was back then. 2014, they also argued a lot that even though teams were building new stadiums, there's a lot of money that teams had to put into those kind of projects. So with that kind of no longer being a factor. No, and with with all those stadiums brings higher ticket prices. And I and I and if anything, I don't know if attendance has really went up. I think it's been pretty stagnant since I think 2014 to now. But ticket prices have went up definitely since 2014, especially the new stadiums. You know, with new stadiums comes probably at least 20 to 30% increase on ticket prices. So the teams are definitely generating more revenue. Now, as for how much the salary cap could go up, it, it peaked this last year, I believe, at $5.4 or $5.2 million. So it'd be interesting to see how much it does increase. And as I dug into Mike Riley a little bit more, I found out that there was quite a lot of quarterbacks in the CFL that are having their contracts come up this season. And it's no coincidence it's in line with the CBA because all these guys are banking on the fact that the salary cap's going to go up, which of course means being a star quarterback with the team having more salary cap space makes makes it far more lucrative for the player to demand a higher salary. And if not, could risk walking away and getting that salary somewhere else. And for teams like Edmonton with Riley, I don't think they want to see him playing anywhere else, but I don't think Riley's going to want anything but being paid the most. So it's interesting to see how that's going to play out. He's currently paid the most. He's the only player in the league making over $500,000. Oh, Calaros is up there too. I'm not saying there's a guy up there. I'm saying Riley is already the most. And Riley, he does. He is the highest paid player in the league. And in the league, let's face it. If someone wants to tell uh, me Bo Levi Mitchell's a better quarterback, I'll say get him out of that system. And he's going to suck. Yeah, let's compare great cups between Riley and Mitchell. I think we will find ourselves <laughs> at a pretty even number there. We can compare losses in the Grey Cup too, and I think Mitchell wins on that one if he wants to tout that. But well, you know, he's got to win somewhere, right? But yeah, just to go to that topic, both Bo Levi Mitchell and Mike Riley are free agents after this season, as, as well Calaros, as Zach Calaros. Trevor Harris. Uh, uh, don't and and then don't sleep on Trevor Harris. He he's gets kind of no that quarterback that East, man. he just he, he well Eastern teams don't get the same attention like TSN covers them like they're they get more attention than the Western teams. But honestly, when you if you're in Western Canada and you watch the CFL, you generally feel and treat teams in the East like they're lesser teams. Yeah, that's four legit starters in this league that it would not shock me i'd be shocked right now to say all four of those guys are playing on their teams they're currently playing with right now so do you think they move around the league do you think you you and me kind of argue this off mic i think mitchell takes a shot down south because why not i agree i personally don't think he would make it as he definitely would make it as a starter i can't see that ever happening could he make it as a backup possibly but then we've made we've had other discussions where is it worthwhile maybe you get paid the same or a bit more being a backup in the NFL as opposed to playing every down in the CFL? Do you think backup quarterbacks in the NFL make the same, make the the minimum? Ultimately, like you look at Mike Riley. Some backups make lots of money. Yeah, I know. If you look at Mike Riley, he makes 500K in Canada. That's base level practice roster for the NFL. He, that's he's pretty much low. And that's, potentially, that's, I guess if he's practice roster, sure. But if he, if they, he ends up, Mitchell, I should say, ends up as a number two guy somewhere, and it's possible there's a lot more you know spread out offenses now in the NFL than there ever was before. 
So it, it's possible that he ends up as a number two guy. You got to think he's making more than that. Oh, definitely. Uh, I believe the NFL minimum a couple seasons ago was right around five hundred or six hundred thousand bucks, and I believe it was going up under the latest CBA for them. And to put in perspective as well, that's also in U.S. dollars. Where, We're of course, Canadian. playing in the CFL, you're getting paid in Canadian dollars, and then transferring Canadian dollars into U.S. dollars you lose, as well as going back to the United States. There's other issues with having employment in Canada and then living and residing in the U.S. That doesn't help somebody who may, who may be making what the CFL minimum is, give or take around fifty to $55,000 a year Canadian. I'll be honest, that almost feels like kind of a joke when you say that out loud. <laughs> a little bit, but, but maybe that's part of the CBA. I know, I know they want to up that number. They do. They've, they've extensively looked at it, and I do think that's going to be some uh, something that they, they kinda have try to. to. They want to compete with the XFL and the AAF. That number's got to come up. They're going to have to. And, you know, ex-players, and, you know, I read a conversation article about Milt Stiegel talking about this. You know, they got to make it lucrative for somebody to come up and play football well, he's a big way out of the U.S. It. into Canada. And they got to give him a salary that is something more than they could make if they just got a job. Because most of these players are coming out of college and could generally get any sort of Some job with, with their job degree at a college, which is... Because let's face it, most guys Which is going to be right around what they're making. Are. Yeah, and they're going to be making right around what they'd make in the CFL, working down there in the U.S., wherever yeah. they want. So that's definitely something they got to work on. But my big point of interest is definitely right around the quarterbacks in reference to the CBA uh, okay, going so into next season. Four bona fide starters. Yes, unfortunately, I'm going to throw Zach Claros in that conversation. Well, he started to add Lule. Lule is too injury prone now to be a number one guy. Jennings yeah. has proven that he was a, a one-off, which seems to happen a lot in BC, by the way. Casey Printers comes to mind. So you got Mike Riley, Bo Levi Mitchell, Zach Claros, Trevor Harris. Mm-hmm. You think those four guys don't end up on the same team? So Calgary, Edmonton, I don't think there's a and, chance in Ottawa. So where where do you think they go? I'm giving you zero percent chance that all four of those guys stay on those teams. I just I don't see it. I don't see it if the salary cap goes up. I just don't see it. If those guys have half a brain, which I think all of them definitely do, getting to free Montreal agency, Montreal will pony up money for somebody. They have to at this point, right? Well, that's just the thing. You got well. We just talked about BC. You talked. We can talk about Montreal. Uh, heck, you can talk about Toronto. Toronto doesn't really. Toronto's still trying to find someone. They got a couple young we'll guys that Bevel might Thompson be something. Not the answer. But you know, for guys like I like Trevor Harris, for example, on the open market is going to demand way more than what Ottawa is going to offer him to resign. I do, because honestly, yeah, you look at Trevor Harris. Like Montreal, he doesn't have the targets like he has now. No, I I see the big team that might win out of something like this as being the BC Lions. I think they're primed to pick up whatever one of these quarterbacks doesn't want to resign. Personally, I'd like, I'll take Calero side no, of it. No, but I don't think they want to resign. Or sorry, we'll sign a free agency. You I, know, every one of these teams are going to make a big pitch from the moment that CBA gets signed till the moment they, you know, these players hit free agency. The the one I think is most likely to to sign with a new team is Trevor Harris. That one seems to make the most sense to me because he just looks like a guy that I don't know if he hasn't garnered a lot of respect. He hasn't won the big games yet. So, so, so frankly, you're saying Trevor Harris to BC. I see. Well, that that connection makes the most sense to me because BC is a team that is gonna is gonna have a new coach. They're gonna have new management structure with Wally Bono leaving after this season. So he's the guy you and build I, around. And I think maybe not Harris, but they got to shake something up there. They need a, they need a new start at quarterback. 
I well, they'd go after either to go after Mitchell if they could, but I, I don't see those either of those guys leaving the systems and the teams they're in because unless they're trying the NFL, I think they're sticking with their teams, and I think those teams are in markets that can afford to pay players that maximum salary. Playing and, and working and living in Western Canada the CFL, I think those teams are a little bit more apt to pay these guys that kind of money where i don't know if ottawa and hamilton and stuff like that maybe not as enthusiastic uh toronto always seems to have a way to pay people whenever they need so you can never count them out with anything this is true i agree with you at riley i think it's a 50 50 shot mitchell does take a look at the nfl if he, if he doesn't have a contract NFL, nfl teams will come knocking and try Zach Kalaros to me is does he get another shot somewhere else? I don't think he stays in Saskatchewan. Well, he's not going to get any, uh, a contract anywhere close to what he's getting. But here's the thing: no, I agree. If, if I you're just, a I player, don't think he stays in Saskatchewan. If if you're, I don't believe think he fits I Mitchell. Chris Jones wants to do. No, he's been so inconsistent. I'm also convinced they don't get along very well. But I don't think Chris Jones gets along well with anybody. No, he just doesn't have that. Uh, I'll be your friend mentality. No, but when I look specifically at Mitchell and Riley. I know they're in great situations where they are, but your time in the playing football in the Canadian Football League is 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 limited. You don't got a huge window. And you're sitting there going, if I become a free agent, I can get into a bidding war with markets, BC Lions, I would, I would love and to the see Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I would love to see Saskatchewan or Calgary and Edmonton go after each other's quarterbacks. <laughs> that would be hilarious. But I, there's <laughs> so much. Could you imagine the rivalry in the Battle of Alberta next year if that happened? The, the potential for movement here is unlike something we've ever seen. To have this much star power at that position with the ability to have almost half the league starting quarterbacks have a potential to move with the markets that are, would be looking for a quarterback. You know, I see these guys, I see a couple of them pop, possibly testing the market. I, I would. You know, if you've been in a market for 10 plus years or like Riley's been in Edmonton, I don't know how many years now, Say if Mitchell wins a Grey Cup in Calgary this year, what's what's he got in Calgary to do anymore? Like, why wouldn't he maybe want to go for six hundred grand playing for the Riders or something? Because they're gonna, you know, no, make him the highest exactly played player. If Bo Levi Mitchell plays in Canada, he plays in Calgary. You think? Even if he wins, why would he walk away? It all depends on priorities, right? Like if someone's willing to, if he's willing to listen to offers because he's, you know what, I want two Grey Cups here and. You know, Calgary's only offering four hundred. He doesn't go anywhere but Calgary. He's the one I think is least likely to move, followed closely by Riley. But when I look at I don't see Riley moving at all. No. But I think Trevor Harris is the guy that if he plays his cards right, could be the guy that finds himself in a bidding war because of the fact that we both agree that Mitchell either tries the NFL, stays in Calgary. I I see Riley re signing at Edmonton. And if you're Trevor Harris why would you take a deal in Ottawa when you can go to the market knowing you're going to be the top guy in the market with a brand new CBA with an increased cap that's probably increasing over the term of the new CBA? Yep. He's got a potential to be the highest paid quarterback out there, especially if you got markets like BC and Saskatchewan looking for a new quarterback. If, I, I agree Harris moves. I think BC is a great fit for all the reasons you say. If my suggestion that Mitchell takes a shot at the NFL comes to fruition... Calgary is going to throw a ton of money at Trevor Harris. Yeah. And that's where he ends up. And he will join that elite class of the CFL. Absolutely. It's 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 very exciting to think about it. And honestly, he's the closest quarterback until... in terms of system, I think, 
to Bo Levi Mitchell. I think he would fit great in Calgary. I, I agree. And up until this week, I really didn't even know that it, this was kind of just timed out like this. You know, it, it makes total sense when you look into it afterwards. But the potential for movement is unlike anything I think we've ever seen. And it's it's exciting as a fan. It's exciting as a fan of this league. You know, I I want to see every team succeed. And I like seeing, you know, a little bit of player movement in the CFL. It's it's fun. You know, it's not the same thing every year. And, you know, it's the same players all the time. It'd be nice to see maybe a little bit of movement and shake something up. Because, you know, for every reaction, there's a counteraction. So if a quarterback moves, you can best believe that other teams are going to be making other moves to follow suit and it's you know as, as a fan of the league uh that's very exciting very much is it'll be interesting times it's nice to know that winnipeg at least has a quarterback locked down for another year well, i might be biased though a couple games ago we were talking about uh i never wavered from my support of nichols well i'm I never I'm, I'm not gonna winnipeg sit here and praise nichols for playing great either <laughs> he's got that's that okay. he's uh, allowed to struggle but I never believe for a second that uh, Chris Trevler should take over the starting reins from him. I don't necessarily know if he'd be any better, but there was a point where some of the mistakes Nichols were making were inexcusable, and he's fixed that up, which you may not be lighting it up offensively, but you know what? Uh, he's not defense le- does what they did against Edmonton, you don't yeah. have to. Well, that's just it. He's not losing the game for you, which he did that for two weeks in a row, and that, <laughs> can, that can be hard to watch. So I'm not used to Bombers having a big road win. That's weird. Well, not in Alberta anyway. That's always been tough. But on that I note, agree. I think that ends this episode of the Monday Morning Morons. If you're a fan of Alicia Cara, everybody. Oh, boy. Tune into the Grey Cup. Didn't she sing the anthem show. last year? Or was that two years ago? No, or she sang the pregame <laughs> or something. She, she, she seems I'm like she's a part of it. I want to ask who Alicia Cara is. I know Alicia Cara is Canadian. It's she's, nice that the CFL is going back to a Canadian act for the halftime show. I'm pretty sure she's been a part of the Grey Cup the past two or three seasons in some capacity, whether it was the anthem or like the pregame concert yep. series. You know what? Step everybody ev- everybody knows why they're bringing in young Canadian acts. It's no surprise. You know, the CFL is always pushing for new and younger audiences. That's what they're going for. And I two approve last of questions. it. Better, better or worse than Shania Twain? Uh, ooh. At least well, I don't think she's going to require as much. Be better or worse? I don't think she's going to require as much visual distraction. <laughs> uh, you didn't I, like coming I, in I, on I honestly think it's going to be better. <laughs> well, it, it was fitting. At least it was snowing. Otherwise, it would have looked really weird. That would have looked really funny. I think she's better than Shania Twain for the halftime show. Just at her point in her career, I think she puts on a. I think she puts on a better show for the people watching. At least I hope so. It's got to be her biggest concert to date. So I'm. Excited for her, and I'm excited for Canadian talent at the Grey Cup again. And who knows? Maybe even we have a West-West game this year. It could happen because, mark my words, the crossover will happen again this year. Go Blue. <laughs> Go Blue. It's another episode of the Monday Morning Morons. Will Stryline, Curtis Bonalecki joining me from Penticton. Go Lions. It's still weird to say that. Uh, it's, it's still weird to live out here, but I Come love it. Come back to Winnipeg. You're always welcome. I'll see you at Christmas, buddy.